Welcome to the Fox Pro Podcast, brought to you by Fox Pro Game Calls. Welcome back to the Fox Pro Podcast. I'm John Collins, and I'm joined again by Tori Cook of MFK Game Calls. The topics for this episode is locating coyotes and hunting located coyotes. How you doing, Tori? You been doing all right, buddy? Oh, yeah. Pretty good. What'd you say about uh, 180 degrees where you're sitting at right now? <laughs> yeah, I think we got triple digit temperatures scheduled for the next, I don't know, three, four days at least. And uh, like always, I got to find a spot with signal, and it just so happens to be in a hay field today. So I believe it's triple digits. Feels oh, like it. Man, I'm top. I- I'm talking to you topless as usual <laughs> trying to stay cool <laughs> i hear you i hear you well hopefully you found some shade in that hay field. oh yeah yeah i'm in the shade and it's uh there's a little breeze blowing so it's hot but it ain't too bad i'm used to it anyway right well i'll tell you what one thing about hot weather it uh usually means bow fishing season used to a little bit of bow fishing in the past hadn't you still do a little bit maybe I still do a little daytime bow fishing here and there, but I used to be big into it. I, I fished about six nights a week, uh, scouted for tournaments about five, and then shot a tournament on that sixth day and took Sunday off. But, uh, yeah, I was big into it for a lot of years, and it was a lot of fun. I tell you what, I haven't done much much of it till here lately, till this year, and I tell you what, it's pretty it's pretty addicting, really. And uh, that's that's the thing I got to tell you guys. You know, we've got some – some new bow fishing lights out you guys need to go check them out if you're someone who loves bow fishing you need to head over to gofoxpro.com check out the new mud cutter light kits they are the most advanced user-friendly led bow fishing light system on the market go check them out that's enough of that let's go ahead and get to the coyote calling tori you ready to do it talk about i mean i think here lately you didn't you tell me last couple days you actually been raccoon calling though haven't you oh yeah yeah it's I love the coon calling. I've been doing it with my bow, and uh, it's hot and miserable, and I'm soaking wet when I get finished, but the coons have been calling. It's been a lot of fun. Anybody that hadn't tried that, uh, it's something great to do between your coyote stands. So a lot of times I'll coyote hunt in the morning, call coons during the middle of the day. Right in the heat of the day seems to be, for whatever reason, they're active. I'll call those coons, and then you can drop, uh, jump right back over on coyotes that evening. And uh, just get a full day of calling if you can tolerate the heat. Yeah, you said you're said you're doing it with archery. You're using recurve, longbow, compound, or what are you using? Yeah, I've been using a uh, been shooting longbow here lately. Uh, a Roger Bennett longbow. Uh, Roger Bennett out of Tennessee made me a bow last year. I didn't get to shoot it because of shoulder surgery. I'm finally able to pull it back again, so I've been making up for lost time and slinging a bunch of arrows here that i don't know how many i've killed in the past few days but it's been a pile of them and man it's my favorite thing to do is slang arrows and and if i can find a reason i mean deer season all that stuff's out right now but the coons are a good excuse and so i've been after them hey it's uh i know old roger he's a he's a good and i've uh followed along with him for a few years now um, it's good to hear that you good enough shape with your shoulder, to be able to shoot a bow. And it's also great to hear you've been slinging arrows through coon, raccoons. You know, I, <laughs> I hate them things, man. I, they are, I am infested with them down here. You're more than welcome to come shoot all you want down here in the bluegrass states. <laughs> uh, you ought to, you ought to have some fun with them. They are, I mean, the action is fast. And I mean, usually I'll stay there maybe six, eight minutes. And if I didn't call one up, I move on to another spot and don't have to move far and, uh, play the wind just like coyotes but other than that it's it's good easy fun i think i see a uh another future podcast in the making we'll have to do one on raccoon calling 
we we definitely need to do one because people if they hadn't tried it or even if they have and they're looking for some tips and stuff i've been doing it for several years and it's uh it's fun and like i said if you're having a bad coat morning or you know the weather's not just right a lot of times you can jump over on those coons i think it was yesterday uh, we had a big rain shower blow up and wind was blowing hard right after that shower i went out and called coons and call coons on almost every stand and it would have been a terrible day to try to call coach just because of the conditions raining and water dripping wind blowing swirling all that kind of stuff but uh I was still able to have some fun with those coons. Right, right. We'll have to we'll have to get one of those together here for too long. But uh, you just got back from a coyote hunting trip, didn't you? Didn't you run up to Tennessee? Yeah, my annual trip to Tennessee to hunt with uh, my buddies Greg Gallagher, Clint Holden. We've been doing that for several years now, and had another another dang good trip. I mean, it's hard to beat. We killed a pile of coyotes, got to test some new sounds, got some probably the best footage that we've ever got, awesome. and uh, just had a great time. Good deal, good deal. I know you had a good time with those guys, and like I said, it sounded like the, you know, I was following along on Facebook, looked like the coyotes calling pretty daggone good, so I, it's great to hear that y'all had a had a fun trip. Yeah, yeah, can't beat it. Let's, uh, let's get to talking about locating coyotes. Um, how big of a role did locating coyotes play in your recent trip to Tennessee, their hunt with Clint and Greg? Was you all pretty much trying to hunt located coyotes the whole time, or or how did you all go about that? Yeah, locating coyotes was was and always is the key to that trip. And, and I got to give credit where credit's due. Before I get out there, especially this year, in years past, we've rode around and located once I get there. But this year in particular, uh, Greg and Clint, went out probably a couple weeks before I got there and started stacking up coyotes, just locating coyotes and marking them on the map and pinning those spots for where we were going to hunt. And, of course, also, you know, marking those spots and, and knowing what kind of wind we needed when we went back to hunt those coyotes. But, yeah, located coyotes was the key to that trip. We could have killed coyotes without it, but not near as many and not had near the success that we had without them having so many coyotes located right right well that's, that's pretty much my next question you know i had for you why should a coyote hunter uh be worried about locating coyotes what are the benefits of it well i mean there's multiple reasons uh for me where i live the main reason is because i have a sporadic coat population huge blocks of never-ending timber everything looks the same thickets and so the coyotes are patchy there'll be coyotes here and none there and so you can go for you know a long ways and not have coyotes before you get into them so locating helps me identify those patches of coyotes and know exactly where coyotes are at and eliminate me making a bunch of blind stands just based off guesswork and then in the case of Tennessee out there it just it really helps us hone in and know you know I'm on a two three day trip so it helps us really hone in on exactly where coyotes are and, again, keeps us from making blank stands. We're making the, the most of our time. Every time we sit down, we know that there should be coyotes within hearing distance of the call, and it just really helps make the best of your time. Another reason for it is when you've got coyotes located, then it gives you all the advantages. You know where those coyotes are going to be or should be in relation to where you set up. So you know what kind of winds you need. You know the, 
distance approximately that you want to set up from those coats, how close or how far away you want to get. So there are multiple advantages to, you know, knowing where those coats should be when you go back in there to hunt. Right, right. And that's, you know, the big thing for me, just like you said, is, you know, you've got coyotes to call to. That, that's huge. You know, I think a lot of people, they struggle um, anytime throughout the year, especially this time of year when, when coyotes can be kind of patchy, spotty, and, and they're not really, you know, they're they're going to be clinging around those denning, den sites here through the summer months, and they're not really dispersing out too far away from them. So it, it's huge knowing where your coyotes are at. Um, you know, this morning made, uh, made a couple coyote stands. One stand was just a blind stand, just a spot where, you know, I've killed coyotes at in the past, but I actually didn't have the coyotes located. Um, went there and hunted, dry stand. Coyotes wasn't there. Went and made my second yeah. stand. It was actually on some coyotes that I had located. I located them a couple of days ago, and I kind of wanted to make it for that second stand of the day just because I wanted to make sure uh, that my adult coyotes were back there close to that denning site, and it sure paid off. Had a had a dry female come running right up there just a few minutes into the stand. Worked out worked out perfectly. But uh, yeah, just to add on to that, guys can really really cut down on dry stands from locating coyotes and, and hunting those lo- located coyotes because you know you have coyotes to call to. It's just as simple as that. So. Yeah, and, and to your point, this time of year in particular when you're dealing with denning and, and now pup-rearing coyotes, those pup-rearing areas, knowing where those spots are and knowing where those coyotes are at is huge because you can you can set up in an area that, holds coyotes typically but if you're just outside of that pup rearing area just a little bit too much even though those coyotes are listening to you if you hadn't located them and you just go in there and make a blind stand and you happen to be too far away there's a good chance you're going to make a dry stand right there even though coyotes were listening to you right. and had you had those coyotes located and you knew where that kind of hone in on that denning pup rearing area and you were a little closer just like you're staying this morning those adult goats can't hardly help but run in there and, and check things out and, you know, makes for a, a successful stand. Yeah, and that, and just, just like that stand this morning, I actually located them a couple of days ago, and the reason it took me a couple of days before I ever went back there and hunted it, I needed a uh, I needed a wind with some south in it. In the last couple of days, we've had north winds. So I was just sitting there waiting on this south wind to hit, and as soon as it did, I went in there. And, you know, every time, especially through the summer months, if I'm going to go make coyote stands, I've got at least one group of coyotes, you know, located. You know, I might make some blind stands just to fill up the morning, but I'm going to have at least one area where I know I've got coyotes pinpointed. That way I know it ain't going to be no dry run. I'm going to be on coyotes. Yeah. And that, talking about the Tennessee trip, and you mentioned the wind deal, Greg does, anybody that follows him, sees how many coyotes he kills, one thing that he does when he marks those coyotes, he, he makes them kind of like a, a play sheet almost to where, you know, just on his phone there in his notes. And he knows exactly what type wind he needs for different coyotes. And so we kind of had our, when we got out there and, and we're planning our hunt, we knew what the wind was supposed to do each day. And so, and we had some change in winds. We had some south winds and some north winds. Um on a couple different days. So Greg had kind of went through his, his list of goats that he had marked and had those, you know, those stands laid out to go along with those winds. Right. And, uh, 
just real efficient way to uh, to put your hunt together each day and, and helps out with, you know, keeping from getting busted and making the most of the coyotes that you have and the ground that you have. Oh, man, a little bit of planning goes a long way, especially if you're wanting to do a stretch where you're really wanting to, you know, pile up a bunch of coyotes, pile up some numbers. It takes some, it takes some strategizing. It takes some planning. And, and uh, you know, Tori mentioned Greg Gallagher. He's a – Greg's an excellent coyote hunter. Anybody that's ever followed Greg knows he's he's top-notch coyote caller. And Greg's really good about giving the information out. You know, if you guys – follow greg make sure you're paying attention to greg he killing coyotes he's he's really good about telling everybody the sounds he's been using what he's been having luck with so i really highly suggest following along with greg gallagher if you're wanting to learn something or being up to date with what sounds are working at that time um next question here tori is can you locate coyotes year round and are there times of the year where locating is more effective yes the you can locate coyotes anytime but there are times that are a lot more effective where you're going to have a lot more vocal action and your, your information that you get from locating is going to be uh, a lot better and, and last longer. So if you're locating less, you know, year around, anything outside of denning and pup rearing is not reliable information for very long. But those coats that you locate during denning and pup rearing time frame, which is when the coats are most vocal, that's when you're locating is the best. Uh, that's when you're going to hear the most and be able to to pin the most coats is during that denning and pup rearing time frame. So basically, you're you know your your summertime hunting. Right. Uh, those coats are going to be reliable for a longer period of time too. So. Uh, Outside of denning and puppering, anytime you locate coyotes, you need to hunt them quick. You need to hunt them right then, and uh, that information will, you know, get you through for a morning hunt if you've located those coyotes, you know, just prior to daylight or something like that. Or if you're night hunting and you locate coyotes, go ahead and move in on them right then. During this time of the year, that denning and puppering time frame, you can locate coyotes, and until those families groups, until those family groups bust up, you know, towards the end of summer, early fall, you can go back and hunt those coats uh, with pretty high success and know that they're going to be pretty close to where you heard them at. Right, right. Well, that's, that's good stuff, Tori. What uh, what time of day or night do you like to try to locate coyotes? You know, what's we all know that coyotes are more, uh, you know, they're probably going to have more uh, during the night hours, but say if you was wanting a daytime hunt coyotes, when are you when are you wanting to try to attempt to locate them? So the way I go about it for day hunting this time of the year, I still like to do my locating at night. So typically I'll leave about I'll leave the house about sunset, and you know so I've still got probably thirty minutes or so of daylight, and that's when I start. And I will locate for maybe all all the way through the night. They will howl you know, at any time. Um, but I'll usually start right there at dark and I'll try to put however many groups of coats I need together for the next day. Or if I'm trying to stockpile coats, I may ride all night and just mark these coats for, you know, hunting that, you know, the following week or whenever I plan on doing it later that summer. And, and I'll run through and mark those coats. Now, when I go back in to hunt as far as locating during the daytime, so I do the, the bulk, my main locating takes place at night, and I get those coats pinned. I use that as a reference for my very initial setup the next morning. 
or whenever I go back in there to hunt. So I'll move in fairly tight on those coyotes, and but not too tight because they may have moved just a little bit. But I'll move into my first spot, and so my a lot of times my very first stand or my very first sequence of howls when I go in to hunt is possibly another locating sequence. So I'm going to howl, and depending on where those, if they answer me, and a lot of times they will this time of the year during the daytime, then it's kind of like relocating and honing in, you know, getting a, a fine mark on those coats in case they've right. moved a couple hundred yards from where you heard them the night before. Right. Um, and you can ride around and locate during the daytime, but it's not as effective. You, you're better off to do your, you know, the bulk you're locating, get your, your coats pinned, even for your day hunting. Do that at night, then come back in, move in tight to them, hunt them the next day. If you howl and they have moved a little bit, then you, you know, that's, you're relocating them. And then you can go on from there with moving closer, doing whatever you need to do to uh, get set up on. Right. Right. That's, that's good stuff, Tori. And, and kind of referring back to the hunt this morning, when I located these coyotes, I had at least one adult, maybe two adults had answered back. And then I could hear the, the pups chiming in there, in there with them. Well, when I got set up on them this morning to open up my stand, I ripped off a set of howls. Well, guess what? The, the adults did not answer, but there was like two or three pups that started going nuts. So I knew, you know, I was I was on the knee and I was exactly where I needed to be. The adults didn't yeah. answer, but after I think I went through two or three different, I actually went through three different pup sounds and nothing come out. And I finally went to a pup fight. And man, her, she came, she come burning in and, and, and come right in. But, uh, don't be worried if you do get set up on coyotes and how that, you know, get set up on coyotes that you've located just cause they don't howl back or just the pups howl back. It don't mean that adults ain't going to be rolling in pretty quick. Yeah. That that's brings me right back to this Tennessee hunt. I said that locating played a, a huge role. It was the key in our success, but we only heard one group of coyotes answer back that whole hunt in the daytime really greg had located greg and clint had located all these coyotes at night they just weren't howling very good uh, it's still a little early for the pups and stuff like that and matter of fact the bulk of the coyotes that they heard were just pairs you know they were hearing pairs knowing that it was probably a family group and that they were dinning close by but when we moved in to hunt those coyotes during the daytime we only had one group uh and we did not kill out of that group we called them up I retired my old 870 after that uh, after that stand. But anyway, that's another story, <laughs> a sad story. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, those coyotes were not howling back in the daytime at all. But because Greg and Clint had good pins on them from locating them at night, even though Greg started two weeks prior, those coyotes were still right there pretty tight, and we were able to call in coyotes on most stands. So, uh, you know, a lot of times after you locate at night, this time of the year you move back in you may or may not hear uh coyotes right uh, but uh, and and to your point on hearing the pups pups this time of year pups are the key to all of it so you're not necessarily targeting the pups some people may some people i don't get into all that i don't care what people shoot right, but right. Um, the pups are the key to to the locating so if you know where those pups are at those adults are going to act as satellites around those pups. They're going to be there you know, once somewhere. they get out of the den. That's right, and they're usually circling. And that's, you know, some more 
to really get into details on setting up on goats and stuff like that. I've learned over the years and from raising the live goats and watching them raise pups and how they act. If you want to, if you're a guy that doesn't want to kill pups, but you want to hunt this time of the year, once those pups are out of the den, especially by now, there's high odds they're going to survive. So going in there and killing adults off of it, you're not, you're not killing those pups. If they're out of the hole, there's a good chance they'll survive. But if you set up farther off of those pups, like I said, those adults act as satellites. So the farther you set up off of those pups, the less likely you are to call in pups, but still can call in those adult coats. So, you know, earlier in this, earlier in the pup rearing part of it, when those pups are really little, like right now, you can usually move into within a couple hundred yards of those pups, and there's a good chance you won't call them in, but you'll call those adults. As summer progresses and those pups get bigger, they're going to come a farther distance to come check out the call, and they'll run over those howls just like the adults will. Right. Um, but as summer progresses, if you want to target adult coats, you need to make your initial stand farther from that pup group. So if you're setting up at 200 yards right now, as you know, as the months pass, set up farther off of them, you know, three, 400 yards or more, depending on how thick your cover is. Uh, thicker stuff, they're not going to come as far, more open stuff, they'll come farther. So you just have to adjust to whatever you're hunting. But if you'll back off of those pups, you can call those adults in and pick those off. And then if you want to wipe them out, if you're somebody trying to manage property and you want every coyote gone, you can stay back, start your first your first setup, your first stand, so to speak, at three, 400 yards away, pick off one or two of those adults, and then move right in there on those pups and wipe them out too and uh, just call it a family massacre if you want to because right. you, can, you can thump on them like that and end up, you know, sometimes you may kill five, six coats in, in one stand doing stuff where if you move in too tight on those pups and those pups run over you whether you shoot them or not that's probably all you're going to get out of that deal you know because you've you've kind of blown the chance if you shoot those pups move in tight shoot the pups or call them up and don't shoot them there's a good chance that you busted those right those adult coats in that process right so, you could have bumped them on the way in getting too tight right yeah. Right. So yeah. being a little more patient, and you can always, if you set up too far from them and you don't call in an adult, you can always ease up 100 yards right. and, and, you know, set up again. Just don't, you know, five, six minutes, if you hadn't called something up, ease up a little bit. And you, well, can, you can really work on that. All, that pretty that much almost happened this morning. Um, I knew exactly where they was going to be, where they, where the, where the den was at. I've called coyotes here in the past, and when I had them, when I located them the other other evening, I said, "Oh, I know exactly where those things are at. It's going to be a good hunt here." And when I got set up, howled, pups answered back, went in a calling. I'm about three hundred ish yards away from the where they were sitting at. Okay, you know, I hear them howl back exactly where I thought they was going to be, about three hundred yards. Well, after I go through like the second pup sound. I'm sitting there looking around like, man, I should have done killed at least one. You know, these <laughs> yeah. guys should have been here. And I was actually sitting there thinking, so I'll hit one more sound, play it just for a couple minutes. If nothing shows, I'm going about, a, there's a, a spot that it, it kind of goes down a swag and then back uphill. And I got another little spot that I can call from. It's about 150 yards away. I said, I'll crowd them. I said, I'll go 150 yards, set up, play a different set of house, play some different pups and surely something will come in then. Well, actually when I flipped to that next sound, that's all it took. Finally had one burn in there. Now, 
course, I was hoping I was going to end up with a double or a triple, you know, kill, kill, kill the pair and maybe kill a helper. But the only thing showed up was a, was a dry female. So I don't know. I maybe could have moved up closer and maybe got into more coyotes, but I was pretty happy yeah. with the single. <laughs> oh yeah. Anytime you, anytime you get at least one, that's, that's good. And, and most stands, you know, are going to work out probably more like that, but, uh, right. yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's fun stuff. I, I love to hunt the located goats. And another, some people get so controversial over located goats. And there are multiple ways they'll hear me talking about locating goats and think that it's a must. There are other ways to locate goats. And, and I know you use this a lot. Greg uses this a lot. There's a lot of people that Jimmy White. I mean, I, I hear people and see people mention it all the time where a farmer calls and says they're seeing cows in a particular spot, or they've seen some pups yep. in the back of a hay field, yep. or they're seeing this, this pair of cows crossing this field at roughly the same time every afternoon. Those are located cows too, even yep. though you, you hadn't went out and howled. And you know, any information that you use detail. to, yep. yeah, any information you use to find where cows are, that's located goats there are a lot of ways to do it yep yeah and, and that's a great tip right there guys if you know if you're hunting land that uh that's farm ground or people actually live on the property you know listen to the landowners listen to the farmers listen to the landowners they spend more time on that property than anybody else you know ask them hey been seeing or hearing any coyotes lately so yeah i, I see it been seeing a coyote very often right down here i see it almost every day which everybody's heard that term yeah i see coyotes every day then you ask them well, when so you saw it today and they're like no nah, i didn't see it today <laughs> well did you see it yesterday well no nah, i didn't see it yesterday uh then you know like did you see it this week well yeah, it's probably about a month ago now you can't yeah. really pay attention to that but some people when you ask them like oh man i see it like every two or three days i see it down here in this spot right here you know i saw it this morning hey that's a located coyote you better get in there and hunt it yeah or them hearing them. I mean, while exactly. we were out there, Greg, Greg and Clint both were talking about, you know, people calling them and saying, "Hey, we're hearing these coats every evening from our house, and they're right back here across this pasture in that block of woods, and we're able to move in without without us actually doing the locating. We're able to move in and, and kill some coats that way. So it's it's all good information. And sometimes I'll have people message me and they say, "Hey, I kill a pile of coats. I never locate." That's great. There are times where, you know, there are certain areas where the coyote population is high enough, coyotes are spread evenly enough that you can get by with making blind stands and kill coyotes, and you don't have to spend all night long right. out locating. Right. Uh, and if you can do that, great. But if you're like probably most of us and you have certain properties that you can hunt and you're trying to put, you've only got a weekend or one day that you can hunt, going out and locating and finding where those coats are can really make the most of your time and save you some, some dry stands. So, uh, you know, don't, don't discredit locating. It's a, it's a big help if you want to take the time to put it to use. That definitely is. And, and to touch on something just real, real quick here, we always got some guys that's always chiming in and saying, uh, you know, y'all pretty much focus on daytime stuff. What about some nighttime tips? Let me go ahead and tell you, if you're locating at night and you're a night hunter and you hear coyotes howling, go ahead and get after them if you got the wind. I mean, you know, you can already hunt. Ain't that right, Tori? It's, if it's nighttime, it. you got, you're got you ready to go, you got coyotes located, and you got the wind in your favor, pour it to them. That's it. It, it's, it would be no different than, than us being out there day hunting. And I, I have this happen sometimes. I'll go in and set up on a particular group of coyotes that I've located, 
and whatever night I located them, that was the only coyotes I heard. Right. But we'll set up and we'll we'll start calling and howling at those coyotes, and they may answer, and then another group yes, answers. Yes. Guess what I'm going to do as soon as I finish with the group I'm sitting on? We're fixing to move right over there right then because we're hunting right then. So at night, that is the only tip when you hear them, go kill them right then. That's right. That's the, that's, uh, that's as hot of, hot of information as you can get. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next question here. What type of howls are most effective in generating a response have you found over the, over the few, last few years? So typically it's it's pretty simple with lone howls and group howls or pair howls and just figuring out what they're biting on on a particular night. And sometimes it changes from night to night. So usually the way that I start out trying to figure that out, and I tend as far as what types of howls, I tend to like the longer, more drawn out, longer lone howls when I'm using lone howls. That's why I think some of the diaphragm howls like hello, the, the recorded diaphragm howls like hello howls and some of those that are real long drawn out howls work so well for locating. I don't use those much hunting, but I do use those a lot locating. One, it gives me a different howl to use while I'm locating than what I'm going to use when I go back in there to hunt, so it's something I hadn't heard. Um, but they tend to howl better at louder, longer howls. So when I start my night, I usually start with a series of lone howls. So take yellow howls, for instance. I'll let it, I'll pull up to my spot. I usually get in my truck, drive to the area that I'm going to locate, pick my first spot, and I'll set um, my trip meter on my truck at zero right there. I'll do that series of lone howls. I'll wait 30 seconds to a minute. If nothing has answered, then I'll go to, I'll pick a group howl. Uh, a lot of times I use group answer, holler back group, uh, stuff like that, and see if those coyotes are more apt to answer group howls instead of lone howls. And if I don't hear anything on the next stand, I'll drive, I'll watch that trip meter, and I'll go approximately a mile in thicker ground more open ground i'll probably go about two miles uh, and i'll stop and i'll do it again but when i do it again if i didn't hear anything on that first stop i will try a different lone howl and a different pair of group howl and i'll keep doing that until i until i start hearing coats and whatever i'm hearing them on if i'm hearing them on those lone howls then that's what i'm going to start with you know my next stop if i'm hearing them on group howls i'll probably go ahead and start with those group owls and you'll find on some nights that they're answering you know a lone howl or a group owl better most of the time this time of the year they're going to answer either one but if you're having a little bit of trouble hearing them just try you know a, a couple different lone howls a couple different group owls per stop until you find a pattern and find something they're biting on and then you can you can favor those. Another tip as far as, and we did this a little bit uh, in Tennessee, another tip is if, you're heavy, if your coyotes are tight-lipped, maybe you've got some bad weather or whatever, they're just not howling like you think they should, go to those longer group howls. A lot of times, I, if the coyotes are howling good, I, I tend to stay away from the real long group howls because your coyotes will start howling while the sound is playing. And it makes it harder for you to pinpoint them because about the time your sound ends, they're tapering off. Right. But if right. they're not howling, then I will go to some of those long group owls like 
happy family is uh, is one that I tend to use a lot. Happy family is a really long family group aisle, both adults and the pups. And for whatever reason, you crank the volume up on it and let it play full out. And a lot of times those tight-lipped goats will go ahead. They just can't stand it. That constant howling will get them to uh, to chime off. And there's there have been times when I'm locating that I have to use those longer group aisles to get those tight-lipped goats talking. And, and sometimes they may not even howl until that long group owl has completely finished and it's still another 20 or 30 seconds before they answer when they're, they're tight-lipped for whatever reason. Right, right. And and I've been lucky so far this year. I don't know if you call it lucky or whatever, but uh, my coyotes have been answering really well here in Kentucky on the places I can hunt. And uh, I've not played the first group owl uh while trying to locate yet this year i've i've had really good luck out of uh mfk uh come here lonely and yeah. boone lone wine house and then other two sounds i've had a lot of luck with getting answers from here lately is fox pros female sore house and female deep house both of those are your louder longer type house and they generate generate a lot of responses and usually whatever i locate to i i don't know if it really matters but it seems like if I locate with a, a certain sound when I go set up on those coyotes, I don't know why. It's just a personal preference. I don't think it really makes a difference, but I usually go play a different set of house. I think it's just a, a something that's in my head. I think you could probably locate with Camir Lonely or Female Sore House and then go right in there and, and use those same house and probably call those coyotes up. But I tend to I tend to switch it up. I don't know if it matters or not. What do you think? Think it matters or no? I, I don't think it matters. Uh, I think uh, I think you can. A lot of times I do exactly what you're talking about. Whatever I located with, I use a different howl when I go back in there. But if those coats don't answer me, I'll go right uh, back. Yeah, I go I, right back to I it. I go right back to it, and a lot of times they'll answer that. And you mentioned I was going to follow up and, and give a list of of good sounds to use for locating, not just locating, but also the calling. You threw out a couple of the favorites. I knew Come Here Lonely House and Boone Lone Wine House were a couple you would mention. Yeah, and then some other ones on the Lone House side of it. For that I use kind of specifically for locating a lot of times is Hello House, Whimper House. You mentioned Fox Pro Female Sore House mm-hmm. is a good one. Um, Bougie Homesick House is another one I really like. Boone What's Up is a good one for locating. Um, and then when you jump over into the pair and group owl stuff, Sister Pair, Buru Pair Howl, Hollerback Group, Group Answer, Coyote Duet, um, and then happy family that I mentioned. Uh, one that I don't use a lot for locating, but I that I use a pile, especially getting on into that uh, July, August time frame when I go in there to set up. Something that I'll follow those longhouse with is happy, yappy group. That's one of my favorites. A mom, pup, you know, adult pup serenade, yep. killer sound. Uh, but those are those are some good sounds for people that are wanting to try locating. And then go back in there and hunt. Those are some good howls, both lone howl, pair howl, and group howl that uh, get you started. Awesome, great, great info. Next question is: <clears throat> next question here is uh, once you have located coyotes, what's next? How how do we go about hunting our located coyotes? So first thing, and you did a really good podcast. If people hadn't listened to it, they ought to check out the Onyx podcast that you did a couple weeks ago uh, that's that's good information there uh, the very first thing that i do 
is try to get a good pin on those coyotes when I locate them. And I use Onyx. You can use, you know, whatever mapping system you're using. I prefer Onyx. Um, but I try to get a really good pin on those coyotes, and I use it as a reference when I go in there to set up. Because sometimes you may locate these coyotes, and they're, they're over a half mile away. Right. So you use that as a, as a reference. And if you're not using that map, it's amazing how off you can be, especially if you're hunting <laughs> right. in the woods, right. how off you can be. But with that pin dropped as a reference, that'll get you in there tight on those coyotes and get you started in the right spot. And so that's the first step get those coyotes marked and then the next morning when i go in there to hunt or two or three days later whenever you get that wind and i go in there to hunt i'm going to move in however close i want to start to that pen like we were talking about earlier if you're trying to stay proximity from the pups and all of that you know i'll pick my spot that i'm going to start and i just make sure that i've got the wind on those coyotes in relation to that pin that I've dropped, I ease in there and I'm typically going to start with, uh, occasionally this time of year, I'll start with pond stress or something like that and try to pick one of those adults off. But more often than not, my basic stand is going to be for hunting located goats this time of the year is going to be to start with some lone house and then go right into, uh, some of those social sounds. Right. And then, uh, you know, if, if something doesn't answer those lone house, a lot of times I'll throw those group owls like happy, happy group or something in, but it's basically the, your house, your social interaction, your, your different age class of pup stuff, your pup fights, mix that fond distress in there if you want to, and then go right into your adult fights to end those, to end those stands. And that's a typical stand setup for me on, you know, moving in and hunting located goats. Good stuff. Good stuff. How how quickly do we need to hunt coyotes that we have located? How long is our information good for on a coyotes? Say I locate coyotes tonight. How long is that information good for? So time of the year is the key to that. Right now, because those coyotes are typically we're talking about family groups and because those pups are in a pup rearing area, those coyotes are going to stay put until family bust up takes place late summer, early fall. So, you know, August, September. Yep. So you can locate, t- typically what I do is I start about now, about the tail end of June, 1st of July in my area. I'll start riding and stockpiling coyotes. I'm not necessarily hunting them. I'm, I'm waiting till you know, I've got somebody coming in or got somebody that can film or whatever. So it may right. be days or even weeks. But I will stockpile pretty much right all of my ground or as much of it as I want to cover over the course of, you know, tail end of June, first part of July, and I will stockpile those coyotes, get them marked on the map. Then that information is typically good. You'll lose a few groups, but for the most part, that information is good all the way through until family bust up. So you can locate coyotes tonight, and let's say you got a bad wind for the next four or five days. And then you got a good wind coming up six days later. You can go in on that sixth day right to where you located those coats, and that information should be good, especially if you heard multiple coats. That's another key to it is hearing multiple coats and especially hearing those pups. Right. Because if you if you hear that, those coats are going to be in that area. So that information is going to stay good until, until you get an opportunity or a wind or whatever you need to go in and hunt those goats right outside of that 
If you jump outside of denning and pup rearing and you're locating coats, then you need to hunt those coats immediately. As soon as you can hunt them, you need to hunt them because they're going to move. So if you're if you're locating coats fall, winter, early spring, anytime outside of that denning pup rearing time frame, what I typically do is start, since I'm day hunting, I start a couple hours before daylight and I'll ride and I'm trying to put together, you know, just enough to hunt that morning. So I'm hoping to hear, you know, and, I, and I'm listening for any coat, singles, pairs, whatever that time of the year, because I'm going to hunt them immediately. Right. So if I hear a long coat, I mark it, I'll ride, and I'll try, I'll mark however many I hear between the two hours before daylight and daylight. And then at daylight, I'm going to move right in on those coats. I want to try to stand on the pin that I marked when I set up because those coats will have moved a little bit. And you just move right in there tight to them and try to locate because that information will not carry over most times. There's exceptions when you're hunting coats around, you know, maybe chicken houses and stuff like that where they're keying on an area for a particular reason. But if you're just hunting coats out, you know, in the woods or, you know, where there's not something specifically holding them, those coyotes are typically going to move since they're not raising pups. So right. you want to hunt those coyotes immediately. Good Quicker stuff. the better. Yep. And of course at night, hunt them right then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a night, if you're a nighttime hunter and you got coyotes, Alan, get them, go after them right then and there. Now yeah. the next question is, and you kind of answered this just a little bit right then, what time of day do we, or night, we just answered the night section here. What time of day do we need to try and hunt our located coyotes? Now, you just answered that about our, our coyotes. It's outside of the denning season, you know, fall, right. winter coyotes, breeding season coyotes, going there just like if you get them located a couple hours before sunrise, go back in there and hunt them while you got daylight hours. But what about right now uh, through July and August? What time of day do we need to try to hunt our located coyotes? So that's, that's the big difference. It's any time. Any time of the day I've killed because they're keying on those pups and those pup rearing areas, those coyotes are going to be right there. So all you've got to do is move in tight to them. It can be 1 o'clock in the heat of the day, and if you slip in there fairly close to where that, uh, where that pup rearing area is at, you can call those coyotes just as effective in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day, as you can morning or evening. I still prefer morning and evening just because it's cooler, but you can kill the coyotes at any time. And we had multiple stands on this past trip to Tennessee where we're killing these coyotes at between 10.30 and lunch. We would just keep making stands until about lunchtime, and our last stand of the day was just as effective. Our last stand of the morning was just as effective as our first stand of the morning right? because those coyotes are there and they're territorial, and you get in there tight, they're coming. Right, right. That's good stuff. I know I mentioned this on Facebook the other day, and I don't think this is accurate for every single area, but I do believe, and I think I've got caught in this before, I think in some areas, some den sites, it's possible for me, especially in this, this area of Kentucky I'm in, it's it's possible that you can make your stand too early. Some, like say if I, and I'm just, like I said, I'm not saying this is gospel. It's just something I believe and something I've had a little bit of experience with, like tomorrow morning if i go hunting i'm going to at least uh call to a group of coyotes that i have located you know i'm going to make a couple stands that that's just blind calling okay 
when I do that, I usually make my very first stand in the morning. It's an early, early morning stand. It's usually one of those blind calling stands. I, I just got this thing that I like to go hunt my coyotes that I know I've got located where I know I've got a den site, I like to hunt in my second and third stance. I want to make sure those coyotes, adult coyotes, are back in that denning area in case they're out at night, out hunting. I want to make sure they've made it back to that denning site before I actually call to them. So that's just one of my personal preferences. Now, we hunt a lot out in the Midwest. I don't think it really matters out there. I don't know why, but right here in Kentucky, in my farm crown country, there is times I think I've hunted spots too early. And I think I've kind of proved it to myself before in the past I know I've got coyotes located. I've crowded them, called them. Everything was right. I should have killed them. Something. Yeah. Whatever happened, happened. And I've actually went back in a few days later and tried that spot again and maybe just made it a different time of the day Said instead of like 6.30 in the morning, make it at 7.30. Kill a double. Yeah, well, I, I can verify a lot of what you're saying is, is true just from watching the coyotes that I've raised, raised pups. And one of the videos, I can't remember which one he is, one of the All About Coyote videos, kind of shows that. So when those adults are active, we were talking about them being a satellite around those pups. When they're active and hunting, that satellite range is is at its biggest. You know, that's when they're circling the pups the biggest. Yeah. Then as they, you know, as, it, as they are not active, whether it be day, night, whenever, but that's typically going to be like what you're talking about early in the mornings, late in the evenings, they're probably on their feet still hunting. Right. As the heat of the day, as it starts warming up, coyotes typically bed up in the daytime. Right. And what they typically do is they usually don't get right with the pups, but they hone in real close and they're typically going to bed. This is what the video showed and what I noticed. Those coyotes will bed, those adult coyotes typically bed just out of sight or a short distance away and where they can smell where those pups are at. They don't want those pups aggravating them. So those adults a lot of times bed separate than the pups, but they can smell that area and they'll come in and check on them, you know, occasionally and make a pass through and then they'll, they'll loop back out and bed away from those pups. So what you're talking about is a prime example of, you know, getting up in the morning and those coats that have been out hunting, coming back in getting pretty tight to those pups and be embedded right there where you're about to make a stand at exactly. so uh works works great yep and and that's pretty much what i'm getting at it is possible if you make that first light stand and you're located at the inside it is possible that your adult coyotes aren't back quote unquote back home yet so just might keep that in mind it could pay off in your area kind of make sure your coyotes are back there and go in there and pour it to them. That's the reason I kind of like, I have people ask all the time, I, say, well, I kind of like those mid-morning stands, especially this time of year, because I know my coyotes should be back home at that point. I'll be calling to calling to coyotes. Yeah, and it, it helps you. It also helps you get moved in on those coyotes because if they, if they are still on their feet and active and you, you get right inside that yeah. ring, then you may have walked through your yep. adult coyotes, but Yep. If they're back bedded and you've got the wind in your favor and them things are, are in there bedded, you can get right in on top of the pups and the adults pretty tight. And uh, and those adults will jump up and run right to you. So, uh, and the pups, too, if you're, if you're too close right. to the pups. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Well, all this has been great info, Tori, and I think we've pretty much – covered everything i think we need to i've got uh i've got one last question for you You know it's one of those uh you know ending podcast questions 
What is Heck. what is your top three favorite howls to use for locating coyotes? If you if you just had three on your X twenty four, I said you can only have three howls on there to locate a, a group of coyotes this week. What three howls are you putting on there? Uh specifically for locating, I'm gonna go hello hello howls, coyote do it, and. Probably hollerback group. Great. Awesome. Awesome. And I wanted to throw Come Here Lonely House in there too, but man, you it, mentioned it already. Man, so. that, that sounds pretty <laughs> stout. That's that's one of my favorites. That uh <laughs> that is in my top five favorite house. I use it year round. I mean I use it I'll use it during the fall and winter breeding season, then in season, I'll use it year round. Now I won't just burn it up in one spot. You know, I'm spacing it out, but I'll use that how any time of the year, anywhere in the country. That's a good one. Yep. Yep. That, that one. In, and, and if you want to talk about Fox pro stuff, female sore house, those two house from both companies are about as solid as they get. And you can use throughout the year. You'll hear people say, well, you know, I only use this one house through the denning season. I use this house during breeding season. Those two houses are good year round. And almost all the yeah. houses are really. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got There's it. a, I'll go ahead. You got anything you want to, you want to add before we close her out, Tori? Just the usual. Appreciate everybody listening and, uh, using our stuff. Fox pro MFK. Uh, like hearing from y'all. And uh, that's it. Just thank you. And I hope y'all are, hope these podcasts are having y'all, helping y'all have a lot of success. Yes, sir. We love seeing the success, you know, love seeing it on Facebook and Instagram, all the pages, you know, it, uh, it, it means a lot, especially when people mention the podcast or mention, you know, hey, these sounds helped us and, all, you know, whatever people's got to say. We, we love seeing success. We want everybody to have, uh, have a good time out there in the field. And if you're calling coyotes up, there's a pretty good chance you're having, you're having a good time out there. Uh, hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you join us again right here on the Fox Pro Podcast.